0: The timeline that we would expect to see a hyperloop working, uh, I could say 2028 in five to six years.
1: That soon? Yes. Hello, I'm Sue Nelson and welcome to the Create the Future podcast, brought to you by the Queen Elizabeth Prize for Engineering, celebrating engineering visionaries and inspiring creative minds. Imagine a ground-based public transportation, but one that would enable you to travel close to the speed of sound and journey from England's south coast to the northern tip of Scotland in just one hour. It's called the Hyperloop, and a number of companies are trying to realise this high-speed system, including the California-based Hyperloop TT. And my guest is the company's propulsion levitation technical lead, Dr. Siavash Sardeki. An Iranian-American, he has a science degree from Isfahan University of Technology and a master's from Amir Kabir University of Technology based on hybrid electric vehicle motors, as well as a PhD from Georgia Institute of Technology in the US. And I began our conversation by asking him to explain the concept of a Hyperloop in more detail.
0: Hyperloop is a fast electric train, a bar, we are shooting a capsule inside a low pressure tube. So, reducing the resistant forces, especially from aerodynamic drag, we can shoot the capsule with higher speed because the only resistance in higher speed is the aerodynamic drag from air. So, if we reduce that one inside our low pressure tube, we can accelerate the capsule up to 1200 km per hour.
1: And how does it differ from, say, a monorail, which is the first thing I think of that involves levitation, which is, you know, part of your amazing job title?
0: Yes, we have different levitation system. We have uh, Shinkansen uh, and also we have uh, TransRapid. They are all based on maglev system, but they are not inside a low pressure tube. So they are always face the resistance of the air. They cannot go to higher speed. So the maximum speed that they can achieve is up to 400, 500 kilometers per hour. Above that is almost impossible with not using the low pressure tube. Uh, In this case, you need a lot of power to push the capsule forward. But in our case, we reduce that air pressure so it can give us this ability to go to 1,200 kilometers per hour.
1: And that's purely from having this low pressure then, that's the, the key difference?
0: Yes, we are using the same, almost similar levitation system. So we it, but from the speed and from the propulsion system, we use low pressure environment to increase the speed. And how do you lower the pressure in this tube? We have uh, strong vacuum pumps that we connected to our tube and we place them along the tube and along the guideway and we suck the air from the tubes and to create the low pressure environment.
1: Your company is using something called track. What is that?
0: track basically is a passive levitation system instead of active system. So there is no power into that. Easily we are just pushing a bunch of permanent magnets over a conductive plate and when we push arrays of magnets over a conductive plate is going to levitate this is called track. this is a passive levitation system instead of energizing putting the active power into the coils and create the levitation and forces we just use the permanent magnets pushing over the conductive plate.
1: And where does your technology get involved in this process?
0: The baseline induct track is uh, using an array of permanent magnets moving over a lateral type guideway or conductive plate. So when the array of magnets are hitting those uh, empty spaces on the uh, lateral track, it creates some oscillations. In my patent that I filed for uh, Hyperloop TT, we arrange the magnet on the mover somehow that we are going to damp those oscillations and we get a smooth force which impacts on the passenger's comfort and also the smoothness of the drive. You've also got this smart material called
1: vibranium, which obviously any fan of Black Panther will will know is a sort of mythical element. What, where does this vibranium come in?
0: <laughs> uh, vibranium is a special material that we use for our capsule body. It has a specific features that make it lighter, make it uh, more uh, strong and make it possible to move at 1,200 kilometers per hour. Our capsule material is a dual-layer composite material using vibranium.
1: What a publicity stunt then, editor, to say that you've got capsules made of, of vibranium. On what stage are your the whole concept at the moment? Is it still... On paper, or are you working towards a working model that can be demonstrated?
0: That's a very good question. So at this stage, uh, we have built a 320-meter tube in uh, Toulouse, France. And we already tested the vacuum, and we uh, vacuumed the air inside that 320-meter to almost 10 Pascal. So we tested that one. On the propulsion and levitation, We have done quite a job, and uh, we developed our concept, uh, our uh, linear motor system, our uh, levitation system. And we started some prototyping already. We have prototyped one meter of our motor already, and we are testing that one in Toulouse, France. It's a huge concept. If we look at this technology, our uh, motor is going to provide about 10 to 12 megawatt power. So it's not only one meter machine, right? It's going to be a series of motors connected to each other to create that much power. If you look at the capsule itself, to lift the capsule, we need about 600 kilogram of magnets under that to just lift the capsule. So it's a huge project, but we are doing some prototyping. Uh, we are working on. A stability analysis and uh, designing our damping system and suspension system we are working with experts in different uh, countries to develop our suspension and damping system to not going through the past that previous company have gone you know we are getting feedback from Lewis livermont uh, national lab we are getting feedback from general atomics Inductrack track 2 we are using those feedbacks and Based on those feedbacks, we try to go to the analysis that can lead us to stability because stability is the most important part in Inductrack concept.
1: It's no coincidence that the company you work for was founded the same year that Elon Musk set out this big challenge to everybody to rally around this technology and get this hyperloop built. Is Elon Musk a personal inspiration for you as as an engineer or is there someone else that really fired your love of what you do?
0: I got interested in engineering and especially on the motors and controls and electronics uh, from high school I chose to be electrical engineer at that time going to best schools in my country and coming here for the PhD to continue on this subject Uh, I always looking for uh, new technologies if you look at my background I always challenging myself uh, by moving from one company to other company to just test different technologies you know from automotive to medical, medical to energy generation and aerospace and uh, then transportation and Hyperloop. I always looking for technology. But for Hyperloop, yes. So it was Elon Musk when he was talking about bullet train and going to 1200 kilometers per hour. It was insane. And when I reached out by a recruiter at Hyperloop TT, I said, oh. That's the one I was looking for, joining a company to develop the uh, technology that it's way beyond the market right now.
1: Yes, even though levitation and this form of technology this is based on, and I know that the low pressure is new, that's been around for quite a while. But there is something futuristic about it, isn't it? Is that what appealed to you, that you're taking the technology further?
0: yes actually there were some cartoons if you look back in 1940 also some sketches from different people that they were talking about this concept so it's not new right but if we look at the the speed you know we are talking about a speed of sound right on the ground like airplane on the ground but much quieter uh, smooth uh low noise and very clean actually it's a clean energy that we can use it's kind of futurist and uh, that's why only one person or two percent cannot design the Hyperloop in my opinion it's a work that many partners from different industries should be involved to do part of that and just putting all these pieces together to make it happen.
1: And what is it about motors that's kept you so interested for 25 years
0: now? Yes, Uh, first of all, it's a clean technology, right? So look at the electric vehicles, right? So you are removing the pollution from your electric vehicle when you started in your garage. This is beauty of the electric motors, right? The electric motor, you know, when I was in bachelor degree you know I was working with those machines when I'm looking the performance when I'm looking at their technology that they have that you can create different design you can create different performances you can have linear type you can have a rotary type these are interesting for me and when I'm looking at this technology it's interesting That's why I always be with the motors and controllers and inverters.
1: Absolutely. And I noticed among your qualifications that you have a certificate in inventive problem solving, which rather like your job title is another fantastic title for for something. Yeah. Now, what does that certificate actually involve? Can you teach somebody to be inventive?
0: We had a training session with a company called trees Uh, and uh, at trees actually they were teaching us how we can solve the problem with the simple method so we formulate basically the problem and based on the uh, what we have what methods we have what what is now in our hand how we can solve that problem it's a very interesting method Uh, it's called trees t-r-i-z and when we were facing a problem we just formulate that one there are some equations uh, and you answer to some questions and based on that at the end you will find the answer easily (laughs)
1: Now you mentioned that you know, you'd know you moved, um, the reason you'd made so many moves was to sort of stretch yourself and you've worked at General Motors, Honeywell. and they, Which was the sort of job that you did that you think, gosh, I learned a lot from that one and, and that pushed me to where I am today?
0: Honestly, each company I learned a lot and always when I go to an interview, they ask about that. I'm saying that in each position, I learned a lot. I was always working on new things. And when that new things was ended, I'm just leaving that company and going to another company. So in general, motors was fantastic. Working with a expert over there on the motors and controllers. And then moving to Honeywell, working on the aerospace and airplane and the power electronics and motors that they are going to use in aerospace. It was amazing. You know, they have different... Uh, requirements they have different capabilities they need a special design then moving to hyperloop right so hyperloop was different area that uh, i was uh, looking for because i was moving from rotary electric motors to linear electric motors that was uh, new and also very challenging for me it opens another door for me
1: You may be aware that the Queen Elizabeth Prize for Engineering 2022 was awarded to Dr. Masato Sagawa for his pioneering work in permanent magnets. How crucial a role do they play in hyperloop technology?
0: Yeah, so the heart of the hyperloop is the propulsion and levitation system. Basically, the system and mechanism that we are using for the levitation and the mechanism that we are using for pushing the vehicle both are usually using permanent magnets and permanent magnets is very important for uh, hyperloop and hyperloop technology the reason behind that is that you cannot get the power density uh, required that you can get from permanent magnets from other technologies, for sure. We are also doing some research on non-magnetic proportion system to see if we can replace those permanent magnet machine with non-permanent magnet machine, as we, uh, you know, as I did for other companies to basically save the magnets somehow on the proportion system. But at this moment. Uh, we haven't had a design that we can use uh, with non-magnet mechanism.
1: Now, you are from Iran. What sort of an attitude does Iran have towards engineering? Is it a profession that's considered with the respect it deserves?
0: <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, you know, most of the motor designers in California, at least I know, Like 80% of them are Iranian. You know, in Iran, when we go to high school, there is a pressure from the families that either you should be an engineer or a doctor. And when you want to go to the engineering world, uh, they are saying that "Ah, the only engineering that can benefit you is uh, electrical engineering mechanical engineering and civil engineering and computer engineering this is just mentality over there that if you want to be successful and you want to get a job and you know make money in the future it's best to go to These four basically major in engineering. So most engineers and most students in Iran, when they want to choose their major in schools, they usually go for these four types of engineering.
1: So it sounds as though it is in the same way as countries like India, where people really do regard engineering as a good profession for a young generation to study.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Is there a different approach? Do you find now that you're living in the United States?
0: Yes, the United States is different, right? So in the United States, you can be successful almost in any majors, right? You don't have that pressure that you have in Iran anymore. You know, I always talking to my daughter and uh, she's saying that, you know i don't like math i don't want to be an engineer i said okay that's fine (laughs) here is not iran that (laughs) we can push our kids to go to engineering or being a doctor right but we just provide the environment that they can choose basically this is engineering i took my daughter to Hyperloop. Uh, Show her around, look at the Hyperloop, this is Hyperloop technology. Uh, And she got interested to that technology, you know, how cool is that technology? And after that, she said, oh, I want to be an engineer, right? So I didn't push it, but she said, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to work on Hyperloop. So looking at those environment and getting kids familiar with the technology is always good. A Hyperloop TT, one of the work that we did in the past was bringing kids and teenagers uh, to the Hyperloop, giving them a tour that they see the technology, how cool is that, sitting in the capsule concept. And it was very good. It was very motivating for them.
1: Well, it does sort of capture the imagination, doesn't it? What's your next big stage? Obviously, you've been doing this work in Toulouse and testing the tunnel part of it and getting the pressure right. What will be your next big project?
0: Yeah, the next part that we are working on that we are finalizing our propulsion design, our linear motor design. And we are testing our levitation concept with a research center in Italy. Once we get those finalized, then we go ahead with the prototyping. So that 320 meter test track that we have in Toulouse, uh, next step is building the proportion inside and building a capsule to test the proportion and levitation inside the 320 meter. But in parallel, we are also working on some feasibility study on the 5-kilometer and 125-kilometer track. Also, in U.S., we did a study on the Cleveland-Chicago for 550 kilometers. That feasibility study uh, has been done. And as I said, next stage, uh, we are going to prototype our proportion and levitation system to test it in Toulouse, France.
1: That's quite exciting, isn't it? And I know this is an impossible question to ask because it's like saying, how long is a piece of string? But when would you hope in an ideal world that you'll see a working system up and, and running somewhere around the world?
0: The timeline that we would expect to see a Hyperloop is working, uh, I could say 2028 20, in five to six years.
1: That soon?
0: Yes, Uh, Also, we are working hard um, on the technology with the data that we have, with the design that currently we have. We are hoping that we can have this technology by 2028.
1: And do you feel as though there's a sort of a bit of a race going on? Because you're not the only company, obviously, uh, with your eye on on making this happen.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, Right now, this is a competitive market. We have different hyperloops. but I could say we are not competitors. We are friends also. You know, we just want to have this technology in the market so people can use it. We want to have an impact on the climate change, right? We want to reduce this CO2 from the airplane. We want to have a clean energy that we can transport people with the fastest speed around the world. And there are different companies working on this concept and this is a good team.
1: So it sounds as though you want to be a part of this in terms of engineers making a, a difference then.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: C. R. Vash Sardeki, thank you so much for joining me on the Create the Future podcast.
0: It was my pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: And you can find out more about the Queen Elizabeth Prize for Engineering by following QE Prize on Twitter and Instagram or visit qeprize.org. Thanks for listening and join me again next time.